Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We've all faced giants in our lives, from that phone call from the doctor that she never saw coming, to the loss of a job. Giants are all around us. Today, Pastor J.D. will begin talking about the giants that are in our culture that we're facing today. It's not hard to see these giants. Just turn on the TV or open your social media apps on your phone. They're right there. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 17th, 2021. I want to talk with you today about big tech giants, as it were, and how the censoring is actually playing into the hands of our infinitely bigger God. So doubtless you know that last week's prophecy update titled Decision Time was censored and removed by YouTube, citing a violation of the terms of service with what they uh, labeled medical misinformation. And this after the video had reached over 300,000 views in four days by late Wednesday evening. For those wishing to view that video, we have provided a link below to our prophecy website at jdfarag.org. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell YouTube. (laughs) We've received testimonies of no less than three people that came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as a result of watching that video from last week before it was pulled down. And that's just the ones we know about. Thankfully, we are still on YouTube. However, after 12 years, well nigh 2,000 teaching videos, and a quarter of a million subscribers, two more strikes, and we're out. They terminate the channel. It was for this very reason that, in anticipation of this, we sensed that the Lord would have us launch jdfarag.org last year. Proverbs 22.3 says, The prudent see evil ahead and take refuge, but the naive continue on, and suffer the consequences. Simply put, we saw this evil coming, which is why we hit the ground running with the website, in order for it to be the go-to for all of the prophecy updates and more uncensored. 
Now, our plan is to develop this site in phases, and we're currently only in phase one. So we very much appreciate your patience with us, and certainly your prayer for us. Lord willing, we'll soon be implementing additional non-big tech hosting resources, supporting the live stream directly from jdfarag.org, while at the same time remaining on YouTube and other platforms for as long as we can. In the meantime, our posture is that of being shrewd as serpents, but harmless as doves as we move forward. While we are neither surprised nor shaken by this, again we do covet your prayers for discernment as to how the Lord would have us to navigate through this. Suffice it to say, it does seem that this is only the beginning of big tech giants, power, control, and censorship. But God, (laughs) but God. The big tech giants mean this for evil, but God works it for good as only He can, in order to bring it about as it is this day, the salvation of many, as Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20 as only God can. What, what you're doing, oh, it's evil. It's evil. But God, as only He can, is going to take that evil that you intended, and He's going to orchestrate it, work it, choreograph it, and mean it for good to bring about the salvation of multitudes this day. I think about, I want to say it's Psalm 72. After Thursday night, I've got to be careful. If it's not in my notes, I'm calling apostles epistles. And no, I'm not. It's not that bad. (laughs) But uh, I want to say it's Psalm 72, where the psalmist writes that God makes the wrath of man to praise Him, as only He can. He can take the wrath of man and make it glorify Him, praise Him, bring people to Him. And that's what God is doing. And that's what I want to talk about today, if you'll kindly allow me to. I want to talk specifically as it relates to God not only delivering giants into our hands, but using those very giants to accomplish it. Actually, (laughs) this is interesting, as the Lord would have it. Our second service today, which will be live streamed at 11.15 a.m. Hawaii time, we'd encourage you to join with us. We're in 2 Timothy, and chapter 3, verses 10 through 13 is our text. And now I know why last week we were only to get through to verse 9, because beginning in verse 10, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy that those who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus in the last days will be persecuted. 
So we're going to talk about that today. If you'll kindly indulge me, I want to share with you what the Lord ministered to me a few weeks ago when I was taking some time off and spending time with my family and more time with the Lord. And He directed my heart to one of my absolute favorite passages in all of the Bible, First Samuel chapter 17. Oh, you know it well. It's the account of a very young David slaying a very big giant. Uh, when I say very young, I mean young. It is believed. We don't know exactly how old he was, but from Scripture we can surmise that he was somewhere between the ages of 16 to 19 years old. And oh, by the way, I'm never going to refer to his name. You know his name, don't say it. I'm not going to even speak it. You know why? Two reasons. Number one, David never mentions or utters from his lips the name. Secondly, here's why. Because of what the name means. It means champion. <laughs> no, not champion. Not even giant, actually. Oh, you might be big. <laughs> but my God is bigger. And oh, by the way, you defied my infinitely bigger God, you ugly, big, uncircumcised Philistine. I added that. That's not what he called him. But no, he did. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself here. Just bear with me. But I spent a few days actually in 1 Samuel 17. I've read it so many times. I've taught through it twice. But this time, and now I know why again, <laughs> the Lord was ministering to me for such a time as this, on this day, to share with you from this passage. It's my hope that we'll all be filled anew with hope and encouragement from this. It speaks to the battle against the giants in our lives. You have some giants you're up against? I know you do. We all have one very big giant. I won't mention its name, <laughs> for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. But it's a message of hope and victory and encouragement. In this, the last hour of human history. Before we jump into this, I want to briefly provide you with the backstory first. Then after, I want us to look at seven life-changing truths, and from that, 12 takeaways from those truths by way of application. So, it all started when the Philistines were actually occupying land belonging to Israel. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a lot's changed over the years, right? 
And so for those of you that have been to Israel with us, you know this as the Valley of Elah. You've been there. You got two hills on each side with the valley in between. And we're told that the Philistines encamped on one side and in battle array against the Israelites, and the Israelites in response encamped on the other side with the valley in between. And we're told that this giant, this Philistine giant, was there screaming. I'm going to use the word screaming at the Israelites, terrifying them, paralyzing them in fear as he blasphemed their God and defied the armies of Israel and the living God. And this goes on for 40 days and 40 nights. Meanwhile, dad, Jesse, says to David, son, come here, take this bread, take this cheese, go to the battlefield, leave the sheep that you're tending to someone else in your absence, and I want you to take this to them and bring back word as to how your brothers are doing. He had three brothers that were there. And by the way, one of the reasons why we know David was probably, couldn't be at least 20 years of age, is because at age 20, you're there in the battle. That's when you serve, according to Scripture, at the age of 20. I think we see that in the book of Leviticus. So we know that he was under the age of 19, but his three oldest brothers were over the age of 20, and they're on the battlefield, and dad wants to know how they're doing. So he sends David. David comes on the scene, and as soon as he gets there, he hears this uncircumcised Philistine blaspheme his God and the armies of the living God one time. And it's not okay. And so he runs to these guys and he says, what's going on? They said, oh, did did you hear what the king will do for the one who will slay this giant? He's going to give him a tax exemption for life. And not only that, at no extra charge, you'll forgive the silliness with which I explain this, <laughs> he's also going to give his daughter in marriage to the man who will slay this giant. And you know what David's response is? What? What's going to be done for the man who slays this giant? He completely disregards the king's daughter in marriage. He completely disregards the tax exemption for life, and he only refers to one thing. And you know what that one thing was? What will be done for the man who removes this defiant reproach against the armies of Israel and the living God? I don't care about that. I'm going to shut him up. I'm going to shut that big, ugly mouth. And oh, by the way, it's not in the narrative, you'll forgive me, but um, you guys have been listening to this for 40 days and 40 nights. Shame on you. What's the matter with you? We're told, interesting detail, that every time the Philistine would do this, 40 days and 40 nights, all day, every day, all night, every night, that the Israelites 
would run away. Run away in fear, totally paralyzed in fear. And so David's like, this is not okay. So then he goes from them, and who does he come upon but his brothers, chief of whom is his oldest brother, Eliab. And you know what happens? His oldest brother, Eliab, looks at his youngest brother, David, and he says, what are you doing here? This is a battleground for men. Go home and tend to your few sheep, you little twerp. Again, I'm adding, it's that's the, I mean, it's actually worse than that. It's so condescending. And this is from his, his older brother. And David, I love it. It's depending on which translation you have. He's, David says to his oldest brother, you have to understand the cultural dynamics in that time. It's similar to what it is today. But he just looks at his older brother and says, now what have I done? (laughs) I mean, just something a little brother would say to an older brother. But David turns it right back to the matter at hand, and it's a serious matter. What is going on? What is happening? Did you hear what he said? Yeah, we heard what he said. Go home now. No. Let me at him. (laughs) No need to fear. David is here. So they take him to Saul. Just picture it. You know, God's given us an intellect and imagination. I want you in your mind's eye to see this because you got, you got to understand, here's this very handsome and ruddy 17-year-old. I mean, maybe he's got his driver's license by now. I don't know. And he goes to King Saul, who we know is tall in stature. And they bring in David. And David says to Saul, um, excuse me, with all due respect, King, I'm not okay with this. I'm going to take care of this. And what does Saul do? Tries to talk him out of it. What does David do? Talks him into that which he's trying to talk David out of doing. And then what does Saul do? Oh, he does what I guess anybody would do, and he puts his armor on David. And then here's David with Saul's armor, and we're told he can't even walk. And he's looking at King Saul again, with all due respect, King, I, it's not my size, and <laughs> doesn't fit. It's not going to work. Takes it off, and then he's sent out into the battlefield. And this giant, this ugly giant, is incensed. We're told he despised David. He's like, is this a joke? Wait, where are the cameras? Am I being punked? What are you doing here? Oh, am am I a dog? Are we going to play fetch? That's basically what he was asking and saying. And it's like David says, apparently there's been a huge misunderstanding here, you ugly giant. Because you think this is between you and me. It's not. 
You come against me with your sword and your armor. I come against you in the name of the Lord my God, whom you defiled. And here's what I'm going to do, you big ugly giant. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And then after I kill you, I'm going to take your head off. And I'm going to hold that big ugly head up for everybody to see. And then everybody will know that my God is the true and living God, and you defied Him. How about that? Okay, I need to calm down a little bit here, but I just, this is a sanctified, yeah, yeah. I mean, at first, when David walks out, could you imagine? Even the army of the Israelites, forget the Philistines at this point. Here comes this little teenage kid. He doesn't have any armor on. He doesn't even have a sword. He's just got a slingshot and five smooth stones. And your first, your first reaction is, oh no, I can't watch it. Oh. You feel so sorry for him. And then after David speaks, you go from feeling sorry for David to feeling sorry for this big ugly giant, because God's going to have the final word, and He does. All right, let's, uh, let's start with the first one. I'll put the, the scripture reference there. And granted, this first one will seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, but this is a spiritual battle we're in. And there's some interesting detail in verses 4 through 7 of 1 Samuel 17. We're told that the giant was six cubits and a span. His iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and he had six pieces of armor. Can you connect those dots? Can you do that math? Not the first time we see the typology of 666. We see it again in the book of Daniel with the image, the 666. Six instruments are played and they bow down to this 660 with six instruments image, a type of a picture of the Antichrist. Oh, by the way, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a picture of Israel. They go into the seven times hotter fiery furnace and are saved in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. A picture of Israel who will be saved in the middle of the seven year tribulation. But where's Daniel? Aww. He's not there. Where is he? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. He was taken up and exalted to a high position, pre-furnace, a picture of the church of Jesus Christ and the pre-tribulation rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.